0: Father, indeed, our praise forever to you, our King, our Lord, our God, our Creator, our Savior, our Friend. All praise to you who is worthy of our praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord who takes away the sins of the world. God, we lift up our praise, our voices to you this day, our lives in this week ahead. Every part of us we offer to you as an act of our worship, an act of our praise to you, our King. Would you hear the praises of your people before your throne today? Would they be a sweet, sweet offering to your ear? God, now as we come to the pages of Scripture, as we read these words of Jesus today, as we consider this picture that he paints for us of who you are and what you're like, would you, would you speak into our lives and into our hearts and into our minds and even into our hands and feet today? Would we hear from you through the words of Jesus? We pray in his name, amen. You may be seated. Well, once again, let me say to you, welcome. Glad you were here at Faith Christian today. Glad that uh, those may, so many of you are tuned in today. It's nice to, to say hi to those of you on the other side of the camera. Um, as Brian mentioned earlier, uh, he didn't have any announcements, but I do. So that's the way that works. So you thought you got out of the boring part today. But we want to tell you about a couple of things that are coming up two weeks from today on September the 12th. We are going to kick off our fall season together. And our theme this fall is, is Welcome Home. I almost did summer. Welcome home is our theme together all all fall long. We're going to welcome you home, and for many of you, we want to welcome you home or even back home to church on Sunday mornings. We know a lot of you watching online haven't been comfortable, haven't been able to come back to our in-person gatherings. It's a thrill to see the room so full this morning, Um, but we we can't wait to welcome so many of you back home as we kind of kick into our fall season together uh, here in two weeks on September 12th. We also, through this fall, we're going to be welcome you, welcoming you back home, some of you who have walked away from God. Well, it's not just a welcome home to church, it's a welcome home into a relationship with Jesus, into a relationship with our Creator God through His Son Jesus. That's why we exist here at Faith Christian, is to help people find and follow Jesus. And we want to help you do that. We want to make that kind of our theme this fall, we welcome you home. So we hope that you will plan to be here um, in person beginning on September 12th. Again, two weeks from today, it's kind of the first week of NFL, things really get going in our fall by then. So we hope that you will be here. Uh, We especially want to mention to you uh, a couple things that are happening on that day besides just our regular Sunday morning services at 9 and 10.30. On that evening, that Sunday evening, we will be beginning our... faith student ministry programming which is our uh, youth group for our middle school and high school students that will begin again restart on that sunday night at six o'clock and if you've got a middle school or high school student in your life we hope that they will be here uh, for that as well also on that sunday which we are very excited about we are going to be welcoming two guests uh, to our church that day Uh, a young couple a newlywed couple and when i say newlywed i mean they got married yesterday newlywed couple um, Noah and Kara Rose are their names and they are going to be here that week we have been communicating with them for the last several months our leadership team has about the possibility of them joining our staff a husband and wife team joining our staff um, in our student ministry and children's ministry areas they're going to be here that day to kind of see us in action uh, to meet with our leadership to do our formal interviews and stuff that weekend and get to know them a little bit better face to face but they will also be leading in our faith kids ministry ministry on Sunday morning during our 1030 service and our faith student ministry that Sunday night at 6 o'clock. So if you've got kids or uh, children, elementary age, uh, preschool kids. You've got middle school, high school students. We want your kid to be here. We want them to have a room full of kids to teach and to lead. We want to see how, how they interact with kids. We want our kids to get to know them as we consider bringing them onto our staff. So we hope that you'll be here that day to meet them, but especially if you have kids or grandkids in your life, that you have them here that day as well uh, so that they can meet uh, Kara and Noah Rose. And we'll uh, we'll look forward to sharing that with them two weeks from today on September Sunday, September 12th. This morning, um, around Tuscarawas County and Carroll County now, uh, there's a collection of churches who are participating in an event that we have called Hope Sunday. And this has been going on for about four years now. Hope Sunday is kind of just an awareness through our churches. Our, they, they've asked our churches to help communicate to our congregations and our people and our viewers online about uh, the, the 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 kind of the, the crisis that is happening um, Drug abuse and drug addiction and alcohol addiction in our county. Usually we have a video to show with this We couldn't quite get the video to work right this week So um, I just want to mention that to you and say to you um, because it is Hope Sunday um, We probably don't say this out loud enough up front But there is hope and there is help. And if you are suffering through an addiction right now, we want to put you in in touch with the people who can help you. And we just want to remind you that there is hope and there is help for your addiction. And we want to help you get through that. Again, we're kind of talking about this all in all the churches around the county, uh, Tuscarawas County and Carroll County this morning. So I just wanted to mention that to you quickly before we move on. Moving on let's get into it if you got a bible with you matthew 20 is where we're going to be this morning As we are concluding our summer parable series We've been looking at some of these parables of jesus the last several weeks together our faith kids stuff down in junior church on sunday morning They've been studying the same parable We've been studying upstairs and this goes all the way back to our vacation bible school a few weeks ago And here in matthew chapter 20 in jesus's own words. Once again, jesus is going to use story To help us understand who God is Jesus used story to help us get a picture of what God is like Of what the kingdom of God is like of what following God is like He uses story to communicate great truth about God to us And that's what's going to happen here again in Matthew chapter 20 This beautiful story And Jesus is going to paint this picture Give us this kind of pull the curtain back And give us this glimpse of who God is and what God is like and jesus is going to show us a picture of god today that is gracious is the word we're going to use today a picture of god of a god that is grace filled so what does the bible mean when it talks about god being a gracious god i i think we kind of misunderstand the concept of grace it's a it's a church word we throw it around all the time i know people who've even named their children grace because we tend to put this idea of grace into human terms, into what I am capable of doing. Am I capable of being a gracious person? But human grace is different than God's grace. If we're talking about a person, person being gracious, we typically say, he's such a gracious guy. She is such a gracious mom. She is a gracious host. He is such a gracious pastor. I hear that all the time. I mean, not from any of you, but I hear that all the time. <laughs> We think of of graciousness, being gracious, as being kind, of being nice, being pleasant or tolerant. But what does it mean when we read in the Bible that God is gracious? Well, in Matthew 20, Jesus helps us understand that by telling us, I just think this is a riveting story in Matthew 20. It's a story about some workers in a vineyard Who had a very gracious boss and this boss was particularly gracious when it came to his payroll wouldn't you like to work for a boss like that the story begins like this Matthew 20 verse 1 early one morning a man went out to hire some workers for his vineyard now here's the picture I'm just gonna kind of tell the story today here's the picture there's some guys gathered around an employment pool, probably around a town square, maybe a fountain or a well, around around this pool, h- hoping to get some work that day. This is a hand-to-mouth culture in this first century culture. It's, a, it's about 6 o'clock in the morning, which is when the, the, the Jewish work day would begin, 6 o'clock in the morning. And so gathered around this well or this town square or this marketplace, there are these group of men looking for work for that day. All of a sudden, 6 a.m., The owner of a vineyard, an employer, comes along, sees all these guys who are looking for work, and they're hoping to get work. Because if they don't get work today, they will not be able to feed their family tonight. They are not going to be able to pay the bills this week. They are living literally day to day, work a day, eat a day. That's the culture they live in. So, this landowner, this vineyard owner, says to this employment pool, Hey, would you guys like to come work in my vineyard today? This is kind of how it worked. And of course, they said, Yes, please. We, we're looking for work. We need work. We would be glad to come work in your vineyard. The landowner says, How much would you charge me to come work in my vineyard today? They said, How about a a fair day's wages now we don't know what that number is they had a number in their culture a fair day's wage we don't know exactly what that would translate to in today's dollars but for our purposes today to help us get our minds wrapped around this in 2021 let's say that a fair day's wages for these laborers for a 12 hours working in the field let's say it would be 200 dollars that'll kind of get us and let us do the math a little bit in our minds so the boss says I will pay you $200. You come work for me all day from 6 to 6, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. You come work for me. I will pay you $200. Everybody's happy. Everybody agrees. This is what we're going to do. This is what the boss is going to do. We're going to work these 12 hours. He's going to pay us $200. Our families are going to eat tonight. This is a good day. And so off to work they go. Fast forward three hours. It's now 9 a.m., and evidently the vineyard owner was out running some errands. He wasn't on the on the, the farm. He goes by this marketplace area again, this employment pool area again, and he sees that there are still some guys there who have not yet found work for that day. It's 9 o'clock. We're already three hours into the work day. And so he approaches them. He feels bad for them. He knows what it means for them because there's three hours they are not going to get paid as much so he approached them would you guys still be interested in working today absolutely they said even though there's only nine hours left in the day we will be glad to come work for these nine hours how about you come work for me and i will pay you the landowner says i will pay you whatever is fair they said that's great we'll take it they didn't know how much they were going to get paid the owner just said i'll pay you whatever is fair this is good news for them. They're going to make something today. Their children are going to eat tonight. Three hours later, it's noon o'clock. At noon, the, employee, the owner of this vineyard goes by the employment pool the third time. He sees that there are still people who haven't found work yet this day. Same thing happens. You all want to come work? Yeah, we want to come work. You can work for six hours. That's fine. We'll work for six hours. At this point, we'll take anything. I'll pay you. Whatever is fair Three hours later 3 p.m. Jesus says this landowner goes by the employment pool again sees some more people who still haven't had work yet today Oh, there's only three hours left in the day three hours of work left in the day These guys haven't found any work. So they work out the same deal You come work. I'll pay you whatever is fair. That's great. We can't wait to come work well, at least we have something maybe we can feed our kids tonight Then the story takes a bizarre twist. At 5 p.m., with only one hour left in the work day, the landowner goes by the employment pool and sees that there are still some guys there. And they are dejected. They have gone all day, and they have not found work. They've been sitting there all day. There is no income for their families tonight. There is no food on the table for their kids tonight. And the landowner says, hey, are you still willing to work? Even if it's just for one hour. (sighs) Absolutely. That'd be awesome. We'll take anything. Come and work for me for one hour. And I will pay you whatever is fair. So at 6 o'clock. It's the end of the work day as jesus describes the story in matthew 20 The landowner calls all the workers all the people who have been there throughout the day to work in his vineyard He has the foreman line them up In the opposite order from when they were hired So those who only worked one hour who started at five they're on one end of the line And those who had worked for 12 hours who got there at six in the morning They're on the other end of the line and the landowner comes out and begins to pay them whatever is fair. The first group. The first group are those who started work at 5 p.m. They've only worked one hour, and he gives them, get this, he pays them a full day's pay. $200. Amazing grace. For the, then the, those who started at, at, at 3 o'clock, they'd only worked for three hours. He gives them a full day's pay. Amazing grace. For those who started at noon, they'd only work for six hours. He gives them a full day's pay. $200. Amazing grace. For those who started at nine, they'd work nine hours. Gives them a full day's pay. $200. Amazing grace. And as you might expect, these workers are ecstatic. This is amazing. This is incredible. We've never seen anything like this before. There's never been a boss like this before. We only worked nine hours. We only worked six hours. We only worked three hours. We only worked one hour. And we all got paid a full day's pay. Amazing. Well, as you would suspect, the last group at the end of the line Those who had been there since 6 a.m., those who had put in the full 12 hours, they are watching with some great anticipation at this point. Did you see what he did for those? Did you see? He paid them a full day's pay. They only worked an hour or three hours or six hours or nine hours. They only worked a little bit. We've been here all day. What's he going to do for us? He did that for them. What's he going to do for us? And that landowner comes up to this first group, the ones who had been there since 6 a.m., and he gives them... He pays them, you ready for it? A full day's pay, $200. I'm sure they counted it twice. You might guess, because you're probably feeling this already. They're ticked off, they're angry. I suspect some of you are feeling that too. This is outrageous. This is uncalled for. We worked the whole day. We did it all. We worked 12 hours, 12. We got here during the morning when it was still cold outside. We worked through the full heat of the afternoon. We worked in the, in the daytime. And then all these three, three stooges, they come along and you go and give them a full day's pay, the same you gave us, you give to them? That's not right. That's not fair. That's, how can you do that? We deserve more. And they're mad. This goes against our sensibilities of what's fair, doesn't it? This, this messes with our mind. And at this point, the landowner gets a little puzzled. And he looks at this first group, this 12-hour group, and says, wait, wait, wait wait a minute. Didn't you say that you wanted to work a full day? 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah, we, we said we'd come work for 12 hours. And didn't you tell me that if you came and worked a full 12 hours that I would pay you for a full 12 hours of work? I would pay you the $200. Did we agree to that? That, That's right. That's what we agreed to. And didn't I just pay you the $200? Didn't I just pay you the full wages, the price that we agreed on? Yeah. So what's the problem? I don't think your problem is with what I paid you because you got your full day's wages. I think your problem is what I paid them because they got more than they deserved. And you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I did pay them more than they deserved. But my heart just went out to them and I wanted them to experience grace. I wanted them to get what they did not deserve. Now to help us understand what grace is, I think it would be good for us to understand three different words. These words, we throw these around in churches and Bible all the time. Three different words. I want you to understand the difference between these three words. The words are justice and mercy and grace. Justice Justice is getting what I deserve. That's the guys who worked 12 hours, they got what they deserved. Mercy is not getting what I deserve. And grace is getting what I don't deserve. And the picture that Jesus paints for us of God in this parable is of a gracious God. A God that gives what we don't deserve. I know I've used this illustration a couple times before I love this illustration I can't think of a better way to illustrate that So let me use it again Bear with me if if you remember it But let's just say today That after our church service You go out into the parking lot You walk up to your car And I am standing beside your car Me Little nice little old Larry I'm standing by your key Your car And I have a set of keys in my hand And I have just made a big scratch Right down the side of your car I just keyed your car and you're like, Larry, dude, what are you doing? Now again, this is hypothetical. I don't normally do this, all right? At least more than once, all right? Larry, what are you doing? What, what are you doing, key in my car? And I'm like, holding the keys in my hand, the scratch is there, and I'm like, oh, whoops. I, I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? Now at this point, you have three options. You can extend to me justice, mercy, or grace. Justice would be, whoa, no! This is not right! You defaced my property. I'm calling the police. Larry, you're going to do hard time for this, man. You're going to get justice. You're going to get what you deserve for this. And admittedly, that's what I would deserve. Or, or, you could extend to me mercy. You could say, all right, I, I, I see that you're sorry, just, just forget about it, go have a good day, get some lunch, just forget about it. That would be mercy. That would be not, me not getting what I deserve. What would grace look like? Grace would be, all right, Larry, I, I see that you're sorry, And you reach into your pocket and you pull out the keys to the car that I just defaced and you say I want you to have this car I want this car to be your car and let's drive it down to the gas station and let me fill it up with gas for you and then take it to the body shop tomorrow and get this scratch buffed out and just send me the bill for whatever it costs to get that fixed because I want this car to be perfect for you. That's amazing grace, isn't it? So you can see the difference between justice, mercy, and grace. Grace is getting what I don't Deserve. And listen to me. <laughs> That's the picture of God that Jesus gives us in Matthew 20. That's what God is like. That's who God is. Sometimes God decides to pad the payroll. Sometimes God decides to to hand out triple bonuses to people who waltzed in with only one hour left to work. Sometimes God decides to give us way more than we deserve. Some of you grew up in performance oriented homes. Where the underlying message in your house and the house you grew up in was if you behave good enough If you talk well enough if you achieve highly enough If you perform on the athletic field at a high enough level then you will be loved if you do this then you will be loved we will love you if we will accept you if And you grew up in an environment like that and without realizing it You have transferred that same view of your parents onto God. And so you think that God is like that. You think that you have to do something to earn God's approval. You think that you are on some kind of performance plan with God, that you have to pay your penance, or that you have to do enough good things to overcome your bad things. Listen to me. That wouldn't be grace. That would be justice. Romans 6 says that the wages, the cost of sin is death. That's justice right there. The wage of sin is death. That's what we deserve for our sin against the holy God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's grace. That's getting what we don't deserve. And just like the landowner in Jesus' story who graciously gave a full day's wages for those who don't deserve it, God graciously gives amazing grace to people like us who don't deserve it. And just like it cost that landowner in Jesus' story, it cost that landowner something out of his own pocket, out of his own account, to pay all those extra wages that the people didn't earn, but graciously gave them to them as a gift God paid the price out of his own pocket of his one and only son dying on a cross for you being buried and raised from the tomb just for you it cost God to give you that grace that's how much he loves you and with God Whether you've got 12 hours of goodness in your life or nine hours or six or three or even just one hour of goodness, we all receive the same gift of grace. We all receive the same forgiveness of sins, the same promise of eternal life. That's who God is. That's also who we are. If that's what we have been given by God, that amazing grace, the Bible says, the Bible says that for all of us who have been clothed into Christ, you've been clothed, clothed with Christ. This is what he does. It's like putting on a clean shirt. There's the picture in the Bible. Putting on a clean shirt when you put on God. This is what God does for you and in you. He gives you this forgiveness of sins He gives you this eternal life And that's just the start of who you are Let me try In about 30 seconds Let me try to tell you how much more you get That you don't deserve from God This is according to scripture When you experience this amazing grace In your life according to scripture You become God's child You are God's workmanship You are God's Friend You become, with that amazing grace, you become God's vessel, His tool. You are now God's witness. You are now God's ambassador. You are God's instrument. You are chosen and you are forgiven and you are adopted and you are complete and you are sanctified and you are loved eternally and you are a light you are a city that sits on a hill you are more secure you are more than a conqueror you are healed you are sheltered you are constantly on god's mind you are at peace you are favored you are god designed and god created you are god's masterpiece you are significant you are lavishly loved you are accepted you are his that's who you are because god is who he is and he gives you this grace that you do not deserve let me pray for you God, thank you for this amazing grace. This grace, this gift that we do not deserve. And God, it, it takes about a half a second of honest, of, of self-awareness and honesty to know that we just don't deserve anything that you give us. We have separated ourselves from you. We have thumbed our nose at you. We have deliberately walked away from you, turned our back to you. But yet, there you are. With your amazing grace. Ready to dole out those full day's wages for our one hour or three hours or 12 hours. Ready to give to us what we don't deserve. And so, Father, for that, this day, this weekend, we just, see what we're doing, we say thank you. We thank you for who you are and for what you've done. And we ponder that. We consider your grace even right now as we move into a time of communion. As we eat this bread and drink from these cups. As we remember the sacrifice of Jesus, this cost out of your own pocket to pay for our forgiveness, our redemption, our adoption, our inclusion into who you are. As we eat and we drink these emblems, these reminders of the body and blood of Jesus, Father, we consider today just how amazing your grace is. We do this in the name of Jesus. The one who bled and died and was buried and rose again might be free. We pray in his name, amen.